listening to Songbones Podcast, where we get to the real and go to the deep with grassroots singer-songwriters. I'm Michelle McAfee. I had so much fun interviewing Beth Wood and Arlie James, also known as Stand and Sway, a new vocal duo based in Portland, Oregon. These ladies mean business, and we had a very boisterous conversation about fame, the value of live music, and the process of creating their own music for their upcoming new release, Deep Blue. Get ready for a lot of laughter and passion. Passion that sometimes flies in on the wings of cuss words, including a few F-bombs. We chose to leave them in this episode, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Go to songbones.com backslash podcast, click episode two, and at the bottom you can leave comments. To bleep or not to bleep? That is the question. You guys, you two are priceless. First of all, I love you. (laughs) Well, all we it's really fun. It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) All we really do is cackle. I know it's true. It's good. Cackling's good for the soul. I swear to God, I don't think I would have survived these last two years without cackling. Cackling. You have to laugh at it. Are we recording? Are we? Recording? Are you recording? No, 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 never. We're just gonna cackle. Never. We're just gonna cackle. Beth and I were talking about writing a song called "Ugly Cry." Mm. I like to ugly cry with you. I like to ugly cry with you. When there's nothing left to do and you stepped in the pool, I like to ugly cry with you. What is? Cause there's nothing like a girlfriend. Sit down in the mud right next to you when the lotus hasn't bloomed and there's nothing. I don't know, I don't know what we said. We haven't even written it. <laughs> I like to ugly cry with you. We were on this cruise, the Kayamo cruise that mm-hmm. Beth has played on forever, and mm-hmm. we ugly cried so oh, much for was, an entire week. Yeah. Just Tell me about it was that. Very emotional. Ugly Why? Cried. What happened? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I turned forty. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> my soul, I my give a shitter broke. Yes. My was, belief in the music industry yes, was destroyed. I destroyed Ara, basically. Both destroyed me. I, <laughs> what happened? Only true friends do. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that it was gonna be so much fun. And then I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry I killed your spirit. She killed my spirit. <laughs> so what had happened was 10, 15 years ago, my best friend, Aaron, who lives in Texas. Um, we had always said, Aaron was like, hey, when you turn 40, when we turn 40, we are going on this cruise. We've always had this obsession with the Indigo Girls. Aaron and I have seen them a million times. We're like, they play on this cruise, and we can go float around in the water and go see them. So Beth got booked on the cruise and was like, come be my band. Let's sing together, and we'll go on the cruise, and you can be a musician on the cruise. Don't just come to the cruise, and we'll bring our two best friends. And so Aaron was her plus one. Aaron was my plus one. My bestie was my plus one, so it was the four of us, which was... Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. And it happened to fall on the week that I turned 40. Mm -hmm. So they released the dates. And of course, it was on my 40th birthday. So it was a really, really cool thing. But then we got Mm -hmm. on the cruise with the whole of Nashville. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) who apparently everybody already knows each other. (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, Actually, what was really cool about it was. The, the cruise was a week, and each of us had, like, major meltdowns on different days. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So because if did. it had all happened on one day, man, yes. those, the boat might have sunk yes. or something. They did not actually all occur on the same oh. day, oh, and God. so. Finally, I think yours was the last one. So what had happened was I went on this cruise and I had this idea like, wow, these are going to be, you know, the most amazing artists yeah, that gonna, I've ever seen. We're going to collaborate. We're going to work amazing. together. It's going to be great. Patty Griffin's on the yeah. cruise. Richard Thompson. We're going to hang and out. And Harris. I don't know if I thought we were going to hang out, but I at least <laughs> thought, because I figured we, you know, we'd be down in the mm -hmm. level C well, deck, sure. right? But I thought at least I would hear some really inspiring music mm -hmm. on the cruise. And what I saw was, you know, some really incredible performances and a mm -hmm. lot of, um, I think I've gotten spoiled seeing people that move my soul. Like I, I hear live music and I'm like, you are amazing. You have changed my life. And so when I went on this cruise and I saw these people who were Grammy winners and who had made it to the top and they were 22 and, you know, didn't exactly take me to the places I thought I was gonna go musically. And then I realized that what moves me about music is a person's soul and, and not how far they've gone or what awards they have won. And I think for the first time, you know, we were, we, were, <laughs> we ate in this room with all of these people. And you know, the caveat is that some people were absolutely- Oh, so lovely. Lovely, lovely. Yes. Richard Thompson, his drummer who yes. sat in with us. Like Glenn Phillips Glenn and Phillips. his band. God, wonderful. Amazing. And I had met Glenn years ago and yeah. he's a great guy. Um, and then I had this, the best conversation I had all week was with this incredible artist named Lori McKenna. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who she was when I met her. I thought she was someone's nanny because she looked normal. Every week I kept going to see performances and being really ready to be inspired. And then not so much. Also mm -hmm. amazing were um, Efo Donovan yes. and I'm with her ladies. They oh were really my God. extraordinary. Serge Rose. Serge Rose. Yeah, um, there, there were certainly highlights. And then there were people who knew people who clearly played the game in Nashville and they were, they were on that cruise and they were so bad and so full of themselves and so unable to have a conversation with someone that they thought they couldn't get something from, which was us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it just gave me such a bad taste in my mouth. So Lori McKenna, I had been swimming that's and scraped right. my ass all over the coral, bled into the water <laughs> like bleeding. a... Oh, no. In shark-infested water, is like, I'll get out when I'm ready! <laughs> <laughs> because we'd taken this little boat. What was... Where was it? Uh, Honduras? I don't remember where anyway, we were. We beautiful. were off the ship. We were swimming yeah. around. I scraped over my ass. So I was bleeding in this woman who was clearly someone's nanny came up to me and said, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, oh God, I scraped my ass. It and she's looked like, oh. really bad. Was I mean, really, it, was really bad. it was disgusting. <laughs> so we started talking. And this woman was so nice and so thoughtful. We had this wonderful conversation and turns out she's like, oh, I'm Laurie McKenna. And I'm like, oh my God, I've heard of you. I hadn't really heard her music at that point. And so we started talking. I said, oh my God, you're a mom. You're a mom. You're one of the moms on this boat. How the fuck do you do this? What are you doing? And she was like, well, I started writing songs in my 30s after my kids went to bed. And I just would write songs. And that's what I did. And then I just kind of had, you know, my songs found a way. And I don't live in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I do my thing. I go there and I go back home. And I'm a mom. And mm -hmm. we had this wonderful, soulful conversation from this woman who was a mother who mm -hmm. writes after her kids are sleeping. And I wanted to weep with joy for this conversation with this person who was showing up for her work and clearly was not doing it in a way that was pushing or trying to like shove anybody out of the way. And then the next day we saw her perform mm -hmm. and she was so beautiful. She started singing and I amazing. started ugly crying yes. and thought, I am going to have, I'm going to make noise if I don't get up and leave. Yeah. So we went back to the room and mm -hmm. I wept and wept and wept and wept. It was like, <laughs> 
she was inconsolable. I She's like, you. why are all these people so famous and Laura, and, uh, and Laura McKenna is so beautiful? <laughs> and how are we going to do this? And I, and I was like, okay. <laughs> it's probably the best pep talk I've ever delivered in my life. I was like, okay, troops, this is it. We are not going to let this get us down. We are badass women. We have each other. We have our music. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> and we had a show and we had to we work. So we had to go do these shows in the mm-hmm. middle of this meltdown, mm-hmm. this breakdown. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what had happened. I had asked that woman, I won't say her name, who yeah. was such a bitch. And she's someone who had just gotten voted on the cruise, but man, she was so full of her power there as a performer. And um, I had asked her to to sing with us because mm-hmm. everyone was collaborating. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, we need someone yeah. to sing back up on some of the best stuff. But she didn't know really who we were, who we were connected to. And so she was like, oh, I'm really, I have, an, I have a show the next day. She was so condescending. And so belittling, and, mm-hmm. and I, I totally, I broke. Mm-hmm. I know. But then, and I think part of it, too, is I respect Beth so much, and I'm such a fan of Beth. And I felt protective. Like, if you guys don't see true talent or you don't understand that this soulful, beautiful music is here and then it has nothing to do with who you know, and you can't see that because you're so blind because of this industry that you have embedded yourself with, then I can't stay in bed with this industry unless there's a place for people who are really making music with their mm-hmm. soul and their heart to shine. And Yeah, so, and I think that, w- that was just sort of a, a microcosm of the whole, my whole journey mm-hmm. in music. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being on that cruise felt like high school again, right? And everybody's in this clique and you're not in it. Mm, and that's yeah. how I... That's how I feel. I am in the music industry. Like I'm, I'm on the edges of it, and mm. I don't think it has anything to do with talent or drive or desire to succeed. I just think that's not the world that resonates with my values, you know. And so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So <laughs> one of our really like part of the the, the uh, charm of this. Cruise is like they set up all these collaborations where the artists, you know, play together and there's so much magic that happens, you know, when they all get on stage together and improvise and blah, 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 blah. And like, it's like pulling teeth to get anybody to come and sit in with us because we're not in this clique, you know? And um, so there was a. show set up like friends friends of buddy miller you know and i love buddy miller he's amazing right but friends of buddy miller are gonna play and so they had this special dining area for the artists (laughs) and uh, one night we went to dinner and it was only us like there was was no one one else in the entire room and we were like there are usually 50 people like all the artists eat together we went there literally the only people in the room we're like like, what's going on (laughs) we looked at the schedule and it was the friends of buddy miller show (laughs) But you weren't invited. We're not invited. Oh, oh no. We're like, oh yeah, we're not friends. Oh, <laughs> we're not, we're in not it. friends with Buddy Miller. So we Bad decided. Form. Wow. So we decided on our show because everybody was inviting Buddy Miller, and you know, we, you know, they give you those. Um, they make the little towel make, sculptures in your room while you're away at breakfast. <laughs> they make. You don't know this on a cruise. When they, you go they on they a take cruise, the towels and they make them look like. Animals. They make them into little animals, and they're so cute, like little elephants and monkeys yeah. or whatever yeah. so 
Um, at our last show, we brought our little towel animals and we named them Buddy and Miller. <laughs> Invite Buddy Miller to join us because that's all we had. Well, the great thing was when we finally did have a collaboration, bless his sweet soul, Glenn Phillips sat in with us and sang Nasty, sang Nasty Woman. Woman. Yes, he did, like really? a rock star. And Richard Thompson's drummer sat in that's with us. That's right. And, he was and also, we had because, and Lori, and Lori that's right, because we us. had yeah. that fun connection with Lori. Um, when we were having our last meltdown and pep talk, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask. Like, there's no harm in asking. And so I just picked up the phone and called her cabin. And I was like, hey, Lori, this is Beth. We met on the beach. Do you want to sing with us? And she was like, sure. You know, so. <laughs> and she learned the part. And she was like, she was so, so wonderful. Lovely. Thank you for your music. And it's it like, was a magical moment. It had nothing to do with who was who. It, it's really like an artist seeing artists. And I think that's the thing I, I realize is that you, you know, at the end of the day, you have to. I mean, let's get all music Oprah here, but you have to just be you and vibrate in the way that you vibrate. And you will, like Cheerios in a bowl, the last ones, collect the people around you that vibrate the same way. And then fuck all of the other stuff that doesn't mm -hmm. serve you. And where ego just snuffs out the light that that really is is the true creative part of it. It's just, I was thinking last night, it's like, you know, Music, oh God, please edit this out. This is going to be so inarticulate. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what happened last night when I had awake children. Ready? Ready for this? Was this at three? This was at three. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot With happens my, between three and five. Apparently. Three and five. Yeah. Awake children, I'm laying there, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about the music industry and how... You know, cereal, right? Here we go. Here uh -oh. we go. With <laughs> like, you know, be the spoon. <laughs> be the spoon. No. It's like nature grows corn. Let's say this beautiful corn full of juice, and you eat it, and it's sweet, and it's summer, and the sun is shining, and you're like fed and nourished mm -hmm. by this corn, and it comes from the ground and the earth. And not, you know, you think about like an ear of corn. And then a box of corn right. cocoa puffs mm -hmm. that that has become. And mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, it's like when I hear live music and I go see a live music show and sound and voice and instrument fills your ears in a way that you cannot possibly get through a tiny speaker. And you certainly can't get reading someone's, you know, blurb about them as you're mm -hmm. swiping through Spotify. I mean, you feel it in your body. And that idea of live music versus, you know, pounding some sugar puffs in the morning and then running out to work. That's what it's like to me to put on, to, to listen to music, swipe through, listen to something else, swipe through and go. And it's not that there's not a place for sugar puffs. Mm -hmm. I actually have a small addiction to cinnamon mm -hmm. toast crunch, and I've had it for dinner a few times, even last week. It's like my bachelor meal, but we won't tell anybody. Edit that no, out, please. Edit that. <laughs> but, but it's like you know, it's the understanding that this other piece of music, where it fills you and it feeds you. Beth says, "I will die on this mountain. I will die <laughs> yeah, on this mountain." Live music is important, yeah. and poetry is important, <clears throat> and the experience of sharing music and connecting with music in a live experience that is not sellable and quantifiable mm -hmm. and swipeable is um is so fundamental. And I think being on that cruise and watching people clamor to change their beautiful ear of corn into a corn puff so that they can make money, and you know, it, oh, and people would give Beth shit. People, I won't say who. Mm -hmm would give Beth shit about like, oh, why don't you stay up on this cruise? Because Beth has been on this cruise many times. Go sing jam. back up with the Go jam. jam. Go know? jam at night. Go stay up and do the thing. And like, mm -hmm. hey. You should network. And there, and we watched people. It's like people would show up and they'd stay up late and they'd drink and they'd jam and they'd show up at these jams and they would actually do the thing. They did the thing. And there's a thing to do. And, and it's great, but it's not me. It's not. 
<laughs> it's like, and, and so you have, it's like that feeling of mm-hmm. moving to the world in the way that works for you, for your art, for your soul, for your, to keep your light as bright as it can be so you can actually channel it and make some fucking corn. You know what I'm saying? For people to eat. <laughs> the end. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. How does popcorn come into this whole thing? <laughs> no, no, popcorn. No, that's Popcorn's okay. Different. That's okay. okay. That's okay. Yeah, and that. also, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being in the industry, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with making money, and there's certainly nothing wrong with being famous. And to give the caveat, none of those things are bad in themselves. It's right. just like saying there's nothing wrong with money. Having a lot of money is great. It's it's greed and letting the desire for money color and taint your vision and make you into someone that thinks, if you don't have money, I don't want to know you. Being on that boat for me was seeing a hunger in the eyes of so many of these people that 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 changed how they looked at you because mm-hmm. the 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 clamoring the who are you and who are you and am I more famous or less famous than you there was a clear distinction for me in the people that felt that way and the mm-hmm. ones that didn't and that had nothing to do with who had more fame or didn't like right. Honestly, it had nothing to do. Richard Thompson, totally lovely human being. So lovely. Looked you dead in the mm-hmm. eye, hang out. And, like, it had nothing to do with who was more or less successful. It's mm-hmm. a, it's what it does to your soul. And the, and this drive to, you know, this question of why am I doing it? Why are we doing it? <laughs> am I doing this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the one question I ask every single artist that yeah. I interview. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Why are you doing it? I, I believe in it. With my whole being. I mean, I've dedicated my whole life to this art form. I just believe in it. And um, it's important. And I'll die on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Yeah. 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 I don't doubt you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why do you do it? Because I can't not do it. Right? It's like... um, You'll go crazy. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and when there are things that bubble up inside you, it's like, you know, there's a thing that happens when you have the, um, when you show up for creativity as a partner in your life and you just have to do it. And it and becomes th- a way that you process and a way that you see the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can't unsee it once you've seen it. Yeah. 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 And I think that. I, Personally, there's that. And then there is the feeling of, um, I deeply believe that music um, is a fundamental way that we connect to something that we don't have a name for. And, um, you know, people use the word God or spirit. People often say at shows that Mm -hmm. we do that it's like musical church or Mm -hmm. that they, you know, have that experience. That's a challenging one for me for a lot of reasons because of my past with religion and being raised in a really deeply religious environment in the South. Um, but when I grew up in the church, a very, very fundamentalist church in Appalachia, where the way we connected to God, that word, that idea for that thing that I don't think any of us you know, have any real name for, was through music. And um, we sang in church and we sang a cappella. There were no instruments allowed in the church I grew up in. And singing was a way that connected me to this idea of something that healed my soul like water and it had nothing to do with dogma and everything to do with music and the way that that affected me and my ability to see through this strange paper world we live in and so shows and the experience of live music I believe take us beyond to a place that is important 
It is absolutely. And, we and need it. We need it, and it had. Then that just has absolutely nothing to do with any industry, um, mm-hmm. whatever whatever is in fashion at the moment, you know, the current trends in music are so clear. The current trends five years ago were clear. Um, 10 years ago, you know, you can hear the styles of music and how they change and those are great. Um, it still will never encompass what happens to human beings when you sit in a room and make sound together. And um, to me, that is the most spiritual thing that anyone can ever do. And I really do think of it as a calling and, and yeah. not to be too heavy handed with it, but and that also, is what it is. what you're speaking of, this thing that that has no name, mm-hmm. also connects us all. Mm-hmm. And that's another important piece. And not, not only does music connect me and us to that unnameable thing, but mm-hmm. it connects us to each other and reminds us that we all have that in common and that we are all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important work. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not thinking about that when I'm sitting at home writing a song, but that's what songs do. And that's what singing does and being in a room together, turning off our phones. And that's what it does. Mm -hmm. It's magic. And we need it. Mm -hmm. More than ever. So bad. Yeah. 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 And I think also reducing music to are you famous or not? I don't Mm -hmm. know how many times, I'm sure, Michelle, you get this all the time. Beth Mm -hmm. gets it. Jamie gets it. I get it. You do a show and people say, how have I not heard of you? Why aren't you famous? Why aren't you famous? Why aren't you on the radio? Why aren't you, why aren't you, on, I, aren't you on the radio? I mean, I don't understand. And <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, actually, no, I haven't gotten that. <laughs> Michelle, why aren't you famous? But it, the idea of, you know, or if you say someone sees you carrying a guitar, are you famous? Do I have I heard of you? You know, this this idea of if I have heard of you, if you're famous, then that is the stamp of you're doing something right. You're successful, mm-hmm. right? Um, fame is sort of the litmus test of success, as a which musician. is interesting because it's just a major misunderstanding. Most, <laughs> I mean, most people just don't know that there's actually a blue collar uh, music world. There's yeah. like people who are musicians, lifetime musicians, yeah. who are uh, low to middle class and make an okay living at it and live their life and are like, much beloved. Yes, yeah. um, yeah. and yeah. Um, so that's part of um, why conversations like this are interesting to me because I love educating people about that, about that it's not just um, American Idol and Madonna and all these gajillion selling Mm -hmm. artists. Like there are, there is a whole world underneath the radar that people don't know about. And I think if they learn about it, they might Get excited and connect to something new. There's not just Budweiser. There is craft beer. And let Absolutely. me tell you, it is better. And there's so better. many varieties. Yeah. And they're not all that there's so anything different. wrong with the PBR either. I mean, but right. it's just, yeah, there is so yeah. There is so much. Beth and I like IPA. You'll, you'll I love beer. Love IPA <laughs> but also, I also time love show the... up with a six. <laughs> yeah. That'll make the conversation go in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Live music performance is the lifeblood of Grassroots Troubadours. The digital storm made it challenging for smaller venues to stay in business, but it also created an entire world of intimate concerts where singer-songwriters thrive thanks to the folks who host and the audience who loves and supports this niche of music. One 
one thing I haven't gotten into yet with very many interviews is our audience. Mm. And I literally feel this deep, like, oh, this deep love come up for mm -hmm. our audience. Mm -hmm. Because one, once we get an audience, they pretty much stick. Mm -hmm. and, and they support above and beyond. Absolutely. You know? And like the people that have taken on hosting house concert series, mm -hmm. it took me a while to really come home to understanding what house concerts were. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, I go in with the deepest gratitude when somebody's hosting a house yeah. concert because I've hosted a couple. I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, it's that's a lot, a lot of work, work. Yeah. for nothing. Mm -hmm. They're not getting paid <laughs> oh, yeah. financially yes. or monetarily. Right. Yep. There's a lot of ways to get paid. They're getting something. Yes. Yeah, they're getting joy and it's an offering for their community. Yes. And I think a lot of people who do that are very community minded mm -hmm. and it, it is like a service to the community Absolutely. and supporting the mm -hmm. musicians. That's incredible work mm -hmm. to be doing. So mm -hmm. for everybody out there hosting house concerts, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. really an amazing thing. So true. The first time I heard Stan and Sway live was at a house concert in Eugene, Oregon. The room was full and completely captivated by the sound these two voices made together. When they performed Deep Blue, the title track from their upcoming album, 50 people held their breath and goosebumps stood up on my arms. So I asked Beth and Ara about the process of writing that song. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well. You go. You go. <laughs> no, you go. You go. go. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> talk, please. All because of Robert Richter. Well, Robert, Red <laughs> Robert Redford. Robert yes, Robert Richter. Redford. No. Okay, so we're only funny to ourselves, y'all. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Songsmith Gathering is a um, songwriters festival in North Carolina that started last year, and Sarah Siskin and I, and the promoter, sort of founded this um, song school that goes along with the festival. So we were there to do the song school. And I got to go with Beth, and I wanted to hear them teach, and so mm -hmm. they let me tag along and um, learn. I want to learn how to teach, um, and um, Beth and we sang together. She, I sang with her on her set there at the festival, and it was really wonderful. So we stayed with her friend, mm -hmm. um, and he has a daughter who Nora. is Nora, eight. who's eight. And on the side of the refrigerator, on the way out, there was like a little school thing. It was a little, you know, eight-year-old handwritten thing, like, "What do I want to do when I grow up?" And there were two things. And she said, number one, make something. I mean, think about what eight-year-old says. I want to be a vet. I want to go to the moon. Or, you know, whatever. So one was make something. Number two was go into the deep blue. Mm. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. What, that's it. Eight years old. That's, that's what I want to do, go into the deep blue. And I, I, I mean, we were just sort of stunned. And we walked out to the car, and I was like, Beth, I have this melody in my mind. I'm going in the deep blue, I'm going in. The... We started singing it, and then we, I was like, we could, you know, let's get to a piano. And so we got to the space, and there was a piano there, and I was like, Beth, 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 Beth. And she sat down, and she started playing these chords that wrapped around this really simple melody that we were singing. And the chords were so stunning, and it was so beautiful. And then students started filing in, and we were like, we can't lose this, we can't lose it. And so it was organically happening. Completely like, organic. I would play something and we'd be like, yes, or no, 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 that's not it, or how about this? And it just sort of came together. Yep. 
And then we fin- we flushed out the song later and worked out these intricate harmonies mm-hmm. where we were like, we're going to have five parts mm-hmm. here and right. geek out <laughs> and I'm a choral geek and we were writing. I mean, yeah. like harmonies, like I could hear the choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we went into the studio and we were going to do it on a click, right? So mm-hmm. that we could go back in and lay the harmonies. Anna Tibble was going to play mm-hmm. violin. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, it was like, all the stuff. And we got into the studio and that click track, we killed could it. not killed get it. it. She was playing on the piano and the click was killing mm-hmm. the energy, the vibe of the song. We kept doing it. We kept doing it. We couldn't get it. She's like, I'm hearing it in 6-8. I'm like, I think I'm hearing it in 3. Like, we didn't even <laughs> know if we were on the same page. We had right. one day. It was the last song. We had to get it done. And then I was like, Beth, why don't you just sing it? It's fine. You sing it. You're playing. Just sing it and play it. And then I'll... And then the system went boom and it made this really loud sound. And we had to take our headphones off and throw them. And Stephen looked around and he was like, okay, whoa. What just happened? <laughs> You just got like, and I was like, okay, there's a message here. Stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen went out and he turned out all the lights. And Beth sat in the room and she could just see me through the window and he pushed record. And that is what is on the album. Mm-hmm. And that moment, that moment recording that was, I think, like one of the top two most transcendent moments I've ever had musically. And mm-hmm. I felt like something was singing through me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't performing. I wasn't trying. It felt like that moment. You know, we've all had those those whispers of this is this is coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like my job, my work in the moment was to support Ara, and it was more improvising than I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and even even so, like the song itself, like we did not like have the form nailed mm-hmm. down. Like we didn't, you know, we didn't have mm-hmm. everything fleshed out. Like I, every time I listen to it, I get chills and I cry. And you said like, you didn't look at your hands for the first time when you were All playing. I did was watch Ara's face through the window to follow her. And so it felt like, it felt like the song was playing me or the song mm-hmm. was coming through without thought or effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's exactly how it yeah. felt for me. And then Beth came out of the booth and burst into tears and we hugged. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, and Stephen was so sweet. He was like, man, you know, you don't get to experience those things very often in life. Like that was yeah. something that just happened there. And so we went back and listened to it and my voice cracks. This, this it's is not, not a perfect, perfect recording, but we were like, we there's nothing else to do. There's yeah. all the harmonies we threw out. There was no, we added nothing. I think we added one like boom, like one cello line for the water to come in. Mm-hmm. There's it's so stripped down. Again, this is going to be our big dance hit. This song <laughs> top forty. But I got it, goosebumps when you guys were telling Casey me the story. But but it's also this song is bigger mm-hmm. because it speaks to where we are in life mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that's why it was mm-hmm. so transformative. And the song for me, I, I ended my marriage a few years ago, and the past year has been just a massive transition. I moved into a very small place with my two kids. I'm a single mom for the first time in my life in this way. And, you know, the amount of ugly crying <laughs> and fear and panic and what the fuck is going to happen mm-hmm. and what is happening in life. And I moved into this place that has a wall of windows that overlooks the sound and magically mm-hmm. found this this mm-hmm. um, gift of a heavenly view and in the evening the sun sets and there's a deep blue that mm-hmm. happens through these windows and it's it's really a specific color and I would wait for it mm-hmm. during the day and then my kids would go to bed if they were there and I would watch this blue and mm-hmm. it was like the color that was healing me and it felt mm-hmm. like I'm in this tiny little boat I'm rowing mm-hmm. out into the ocean 
I've made a choice to leave everything I have mm -hmm. ever known. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I you have to keep going. have to keep going. <laughs> and this color, it's like the letting go color. And so, and Beth also ended her marriage a few years ago. And so we're sort of both in that journey as women, um, you know, on the other side of a, a um, packaged life, let's call it. And so... One morning I was doing a, my writing, which I do, um, just, you know, stream of consciousness writing. And I asked the question, I asked my woo-woo universe, what next? And the answer came and I was writing and writing and writing and writing. And it, it gave me all these answers. And then I went back and read it when I was writing all of it. And I was like, Beth, Beth, what the <laughs> fuck? Beth, you got to see this. And the answers were pretty much the names of all of the songs on the album. And uh, like, it was like, be here, sit down in the river, stand and stand, sway, listen, go into the deep blue. You are home. Like one day at a time. One day at a time. Or like, and it was answering me. And it was the name of each of the tracks on our album that we had just recorded. Whoa. And I was like, <laughs> Beth, oh, 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 shit. So then Beth, so I'd written this sort of journal and then Beth took it and made it this beautiful poetry piece. And then she reads that as a spoken word piece right before Deep Blue plays on this album. So it's sort of a, you know, the cold. So it's the wow. culmination of woo-woo. Wow. It really is. <laughs> I love this kind of woo-woo. It's the I best know. kind. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's magic is what it is. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it, it definitely, to me, this album speaks to people who have lost everything, uh -huh. who have left something behind, and who are showing up for life and choosing life again. Um, mm -hmm. Every song, to me, on this album speaks to that in some way. Yeah. When is it going to be released? Well... Um, everything's done sound-wise. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. putting our artwork together mm -hmm. in the next couple of weeks, so we're getting there. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys do any acapella on the fly? Like In, in life? Like right now? Is there anything you guys could sing just to give people <laughs> a little, uh, just a little tiny little taste of what those voices sound like together? Yeah, that's A. A. It's A and then we modulate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to open me first? I think so. You see, we have it all together, y'all. I want to open my mouth and sing my joy. I want to open my mouth and sing my joy. I want to open my mouth and sing about my joy. Let my mouth be open to the joy. Sing it, Beth. I'm gonna open my heart and sing my sorrow. I'm gonna open my heart and sing my sorrow. I'm gonna open my heart, cause everyone's got sorrow. Let my heart be open to sorrow. I'm going to open my eyes and see the beauty. I'm going to open my eyes and see the beauty. I'm going to open my eyes because everywhere there's beauty. Then my eyes be open to the beauty. I'm gonna open my hands and learn how to give. I'm gonna open my hands and learn how to give. I'm gonna open my hands.
I'm gonna open my hands. I'm gonna open my eyes. I'm gonna open my heart. And I'm gonna open my mind. Sing my joy. Wow. <laughs> That is Stand and Sway, yeah, Arlie James, Beth Wood, or Beth Wood and Arlie James. Stand and Sway, thank you so thank much. You, so you guys much. are magic human beings, and <laughs> I love Michelle. you both. We love you. And I'm the, that sound that you two make together is otherworldly. Mm. And uh, thank you for bringing it into the world for all of us to hear. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Check out the Spotlight page at songbones.com featuring Stand and Sway for a stunning video recorded by the Rye Room Sessions. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a monthly podcast release or any Songbones tidbits. You can find our podcast on our website, iTunes Podcast, or Spotify if you want each monthly episode to be hand-delivered to your inbox by the Internet Wizards. See you next month.